Thanks for being faithful tonight. And, um, just uh, turn your Bibles to Second Samuel chapter twelve. Second Samuel chapter twelve, and uh, got some handouts if you like the notes for tonight, and I think last week's notes as well. And um, part of this this series um, we've been dealing here is uh, we started last week is uh, this series called Face Off. And it's uh, dealing or ministering to um, well-intentioned problem people or, or critics in our lives. And, and we understood uh, even from last week that, that it's just part and parcel of, of life. Sometimes we deal with criticism. And if we're, you know, if we're spiritual and we respond correctly, there's refreshing at the end. And at times God allows that to to help us, to shape us, and we have to have the right attitude about it. And so let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 12 this evening. And we're going to deal with, with um, really assessing the validity of, of a criticism or a complaint. And, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is... Um, you know, we don't always have the, we don't have a monopoly in, in being right. Sometimes when a critic comes or someone who suggests to us or even forcefully tells us about a situation in our lives, we have to be humble enough to understand that there's times where they're right. And that's also part, with, part of handling um, handling situations like that properly. And again, in, uh, in, in Psalm 119, uh, verse 71, the Bible tells us that it's good for us to have been afflicted, that we might learn His statutes. And at times, the, the times when it's, it's most needful, these afflictions, these criticisms, is when the critic is actually right. And, um, and I think a good, a good uh, scripture for that as we think about it, a good example is, again, David. If you look at 2 Samuel chapter 12 and uh, look at verse 1, and, and part of your notes there, I think last week's notes may have been handed out. I'm not sure what notes got printed out. And then um, there's a little excerpt from a, a book I've been reading around this topic, and they just identified different types of problem people. And that book was as a result of a survey of thousands of pastors all around uh, the world and, and, and some of the, the, the issues that they've been dealing with. And I just thought it was, a, it was a good thing to just have a look at. But we want to look at tonight at assessing the validity of the complaint. And, and the reality is sometimes, it, just like we learned about last week in Chimiei, sometimes we want to respond quickly and not even consider what's being said. And, and in those times, we really were responding in the flesh. But we see David really had a pattern for this. And, and we know in this story that David definitely was wrong. He was definitely in the wrong. And so we see, that in, we see that in context. And in verse 1, the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, and he tells this parable to sort of illustrate or sort of get David thinking, to, to show in this hot water situation how he would respond. So he gives a story. There are two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb 
which had brought and, and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And notice in verse 4, there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And we know that, that, that Nathan was leading into something. The context was uh, David's affair with Bathsheba and all of how that escalated. Uh, the result was then David killing Uriah by sending him to the, the heat of the battle and, and trying to cover up his sin with Bathsheba, which was then going to be exposed because of the, the pregnancy. So we see that David then has this sin that he's hiding God sends someone to confront him about it, and he, he tells this. And David's anger in verse 5 was greatly kindled against the man. And isn't it the truth sometimes when we, we would be critical toward another about the very same thing about ourselves? But we never want to see it about ourselves, do we? We never want to be in the wrong. And so David was angered about the same sin. He was greatly angered against the man. And he said to Nathan... As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And notice what they, in, in verse 7, Nathan said to David, because it wasn't immediately obvious to David, thou art the man. There's a criticism. There, there's a, the pointed complaint. And, and David then understands and he, Nathan pronounces all of the things that was going to happen. But David, David in verse 13 said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. And, and, but there are other judgment, other consequences. And so I, I point to this story to, to again illustrate to you that sometimes people come along our way and God allowed them to point something out. To, to truly... Help us see ourselves. Uh, but the, the natural way that we want to handle it, just like I, I mentioned last week, was is to just sort of reject it. Be quick to dismiss it. And, and really, that's a, a flesh, fleshly way to, to look at it. Um, the Bible tells us, again, in Proverbs 17.10, a, a reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. And, you know, uh, really the test of our maturity as believers is how we handle reproof. How do we handle criticism? How do we handle when, when you know, there are those that are, are well-intentioned and they're actually right? And you must always consider that you may not always be right and the, the critic may be right. And the true test of your heart in a situation with a critic is this, is how readily you ask yourself the question, is this true? Is this true? And so I, I think there's a couple of things that we need to consider here, some tests to this criticism. Firstly, you need to consider the source. So who's, who's telling you this? Is it someone that has demonstrated their, their love to you over a course of time? Is it someone that you know is, is, has been kind and loving? They have some credibility in your life. They know you. Is it someone who ha is spiritually minded? They've demonstrated they have some spiritual maturity. And you need to understand that, that, that God at times will send a friend who will be faithful to wound. 
And in those times, you need to be, you need to guard yourself, actually, from pride, in responding in pride against that one. And, and you know, at times, at times, the critic is right. And so you need to consider the source. The, the Bible says in Psalm 141, verse 5, let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil which shall not break my head. But notice the, the, the source of that is the righteous. It's those who have shown kindness that will reprove. And, you know, you've got to consider, is it just one source? Are others telling me this? Are others pointing this out of my life? Are, are there those who, just as, as spiritually minded as that one source, are coming to me in their love and in their concern? And, and someone once said it this way, if one calls you a donkey, ignore it. If two, check for hoof prints. And if three, get a saddle. Because you are one. <laughs> All right? And it, it's a good thing to, to consider that, especially if it comes from a multitude. So consider the source. Secondly, consider the spirit in which the criticism is given. See, fair criticism should be like fertilizer, stimulating but not root killing. And, um, and here, again, um, Nathan, who had previous dealings with David, understood David and understood how to make David understand. And, and, and although Nathan came with some force, didn't he? He imagined that scenario in the throne room. This is the king of the nation. But Nathan comes with a pointed finger and just, just as, as serious as serious can be, says, thou art the man. It's you, David. You're the one with the issue here. And so we see that you need to consider the spirit in which the criticism is given. Um, you know, I'd rather be disagreed with by someone who understands me than agreed with by someone who doesn't understand me, who makes presumptions about me. And I think we would all be like that. You know, at times we can receive things that, you know, are, are, just, are just a little bit too in their spirit is, is just unwarranted. And I remember my first Sunday as pastor. And it seemed like a long, long time ago, but it was really just over five years ago. But my first Sunday, you know, I had just preached um, my, first, my first Sunday morning message, my first Sunday evening message. And, you know, I felt like, oh, I survived, <laughs> you know, and no one, no one threw tomatoes at me. And no one, you know, people actually shook my hand and were smiling. And so I thought, well, that was a good day. And I'm, I was thankful. So I went into my office. And I sat down, and I noticed as I opened, um, just before I sat down and closed the door, there was a letter that had been slipped under the, the door. And, you know, it was, I was thinking, wow, wow, someone's trying to encourage me already. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> it was one of those anonymous letters. And, you know, it had outlined everything that I had done wrong already and where the church was now headed. And I thought, man, this guy must have been Sherlock Holmes because he perceived that after one Sunday. But, you know, the spirit of it and the tone of it was, and you know what? I looked at that and it was invalid. At that point, actually, the critic was incorrect because, again, he didn't come face to face. You know, if someone meets you privately, 
if someone reassures you of their love, if their criticism is fair, then it's likely accurate. But if they come up and, you know, uh, unfair criticisms are generally delivered unfairly, generally de- delivered via phone, via email, via, via third party, with anger, with exclamations, and yet the, the biblical mandate is that we, were, we, were, we are to deal with it face to face. The Bible says in Proverbs 25.9, debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself and discover not a secret to another. And so actually, it's a good thing for us to just be upfront and upright to each other when there is an issue. And generally, those critics who are correct will deal that way first rather than dealing with it another way. And so we see that again exemplified here in our story. So consider the spirit in which the criticism is given. Um, I know that there's been many times where men who have known me for for quite a while, they, they in, their, in, in humility and actually with, with courage, came to their pastor, and they said some hard things to me. And, you know, it was hard for me to take. But, but when I, I, I understood who they were and the spirit of which they approached me, I understood that their heart was, was right in this. And, and I considered, and, and there, was, there were things that perhaps they, they didn't quite understand, but there was much of it that they did understand. And I had to take that on. But, but the, the way we, we understand or, or, un, or know that, that criticism is something that, that is probably correct, one of the ways is the spirit in which the criticism is given. Thirdly, consider that, uh, that hot anger is a sign that something deeper is involved. You know, if someone comes up to you and, and they're just, they've... Uh, f- What's the term? They've, they've flown off the handle. You know, they're just angry. They're just, they're just out of control. You know, let me just say firstly, it's normally not with you. You're just the easy target. If you've been a parent for just a little while, you know that sometimes your kids come to you and they're just angry. But actually, it's because maybe there's a... There's a there's a deeper disappointment about something. And, and, but consider that hot anger is really a sign that something deeper is involved. Even, even in, our, in our witnessing, you know, witnessing is, is sometimes confrontational, isn't it? When we speak to someone about their, their state as a sinner and, and the, the fact that God will judge them for their sin and that there's a punishment for that, it's called hell, then at, at at first, it sounds very unkind, doesn't it? And, and some people respond to that, and even if you go through the rest of the gospel, that, that Jesus came and he was a substitute for them, and he laid down his life for them, and we give them the good news of the gospel. Even when you go through that, sometimes they're, they're, they become very angry. And, and the Bible tells us in John 7, 7, the world cannot hate you, but me it hateth. Because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. And sometimes we can get offended by that or or think that they're against us. But the reality is there's a deeper issue. And we have the spirit in the world today that's just got a hatred toward God. And there's a deeper issue there. And let me just say this. When you're confronted with that hot anger, 
Maybe, maybe you can't get to the real issue. Maybe in that moment, you just, you have no understanding of why they responded that way or why they said that. Maybe there's a marriage issue. Maybe there's a sense of self-worth there that, that they need to deal with. Maybe there's other things that you're not seeing. And so you need to be able to then just, just take a step back and, and maybe even try to get someone trusted to, to get there, to get to that, um, that real issue. In Proverbs eleven fourteen, the Bible says, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And, you know, often we read that verse and we only apply it to the one receiving, uh, receiving counsel. But here's what I started to think. What if I'm the counselor? What if I'm the one that's receiving the criticism and I need to help them through this because, as I've seen, there's probably a deeper issue you know, sometimes when we're in leadership, we can be too prideful to ask for help, to help counsel, from, uh, to help that person be counseled by someone else. And there's some things that, that for me, I understand as a, that in, in just in my life stage, I haven't gone through. And there's probably some things I'm not seeing here, and I'd rather enlist someone else to help that person than sort of guess my way through it. But here's how we handle it sometimes. We, we want to solve it for ourselves. And so we don't ask for other counselors, but the Bible's telling us there's safety in the multitude of counselors. And so don't, don't be hesitant to, to maybe have someone else. If there's an there's anger issue there, I think about David, who again later on in a couple of chapters is dealing with Absalom, and, and Absalom gets one of the most trusted counselors on his side. His name was Ahithophel. And Ahithophel, the Bible says, it was like his counsel was, was like the oracle of God. And David could not break through. He couldn't, he couldn't uh, persuade them otherwise of, of what, was, what was really wrong. And so what he did was he enlisted Hushai. And Hushai went and they just prayed that Hushai would be able to defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And, and, and what I'm saying is when, you, when you're confronted with someone who is just angry, that's probably a sign that, that their criticism is incorrect and their criticism is probably unwarranted or, or at least blown up. It's, it's overly exaggerated in their mind. And, and so you respond, but you also respond trying to help them further and trying to understand what the real issue is. So consider hot, hot anger as a sign that something deeper is involved. Fourthly, you need to consider the certainty or validity of it. And this is where, again, you, you need to be self-reflective and allow the Spirit of God to just uh, perhaps just show you um, if there's any validity to that. Um, you know, if it's concrete, take it seriously. If they can point to something and it's concrete, take it seriously. Don't, don't just, you know, you may not like, like what you hear, but just don't bat it away. You know, well, sometimes when, when you're presented with something that's that confronting, like concrete, uh, we, we hurt ourselves. We hurt ourselves by trying to argue it away. You know, uh, that, that saying, it's like banging your head on a wall. Well, sometimes we do that to ourselves. And, and so we need to consider the certainty. So it's, if it's concrete, take it seriously. If it's vague, I want to say don't worry too much. You know, if there's nothing specific, like I've gotten some, some things before where 
you know, it's just a vague thing that they can't name anything specific. You know, I'm not being fed at this church. Well, can you tell me how I can help you with that? Well, I'm just not being fed. Well, okay, give me an example. What, what else do you need more? And they just can't. You know what, I look at that, I go, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'll, I'll do my best, but I'm not sure how else I can approach this. And, and, you know, those kind of things, it's just vague. So don't worry about it too much. If it's something you can't change, don't worry. You know, one of the early complaints that I got uh, was, well, I think you're a little too young. I think you're a little too young to, to be our pastor. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's true. <laughs> Thank you, I am young. <laughs> but you know that I can't change it. What am I going to do? And, and trust me, the ministry has a way of aging you. All right? And it happened. I look at photos, and I'm like, oof, I've aged. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I can't change it. So why worry about it? And, um, you know, those kind of things that you can't change. And, and uh, again, uh, sometimes critics will come that way, and, and you, you, they're right, but what are you going to do? So you just don't worry about it. If it's something practical, take it on board. Take it on board and consider it. Try it. See what happens. But consider the certainty of validity. Then fifthly, you need to consider it calmly. And, and, and this is, again, where, where I see David's spirituality really come to the fore. Consider it calmly. In Proverbs fifteen twenty eight, the Bible says, The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. You know, we're, we're, we can be quick to spew out a retort. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I guess because I grew up with three sisters, I was quick to... <laughs> quick to respond. I usually have something in my mind. I usually have an argument. But, you know, you need to, keep, you need to consider it calmly. And, and again, I, I know that, that this, this is easier preached than done. When you're confronted with something that, that is, they're pointing at something that maybe you don't want seen or you don't want anyone to notice, and, and you need to consider it calmly. You can say things that, you know, you may be right. But the Bible says you, you study to answer. So the way you've, you, you say that, you're really not saying yes or no. But what you're doing is giving time to yourself and time for the Spirit of God and time for the Word of God. And, and again, at the end of it, you just consider that and consider it calmly. You give the situation time to investigate and time to, to think through. You know, I think one of the things that we, we are guilty of is just answering too quickly, too hastily. You know, uh, if you, in your marriage, you, your, your spouse points out something and they've done it in, in, loving, in a loving way, they've done it in a spirit where it's really, there's an issue and it needs to be fixed. You know, sometimes in our pride, in our closeness to each other, we don't do it calmly. And so what happens is we, we just dismiss it. And we fly off the handle, and, and, and it just makes matters worse. So you can say things like, you may be right. Let me take some time and think about that. 
thank you for pointing that out. And, and again, you've got to allow this that the, the Lord said it. The Lord allowed it to be said. And so consider it calmly. Uh, sixthly, this will go back to a little bit of the, the multitude of counselors. Consider it through others' perspectives. So, you know, ask if, if there's been a criticism aimed at you, then don't just take it from your perspective. Because, you know, our natural thing is this, be defensive. Isn't it? We, we get defensive straight away. And so here's what, what a good thing is. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. So ask another person, you know, and you don't have to tell them who told you. You know, someone said this to me. Someone accused me of this. Someone said that this was true of me. What do you think? Do you see that in me? And you ought to, um, you ought to ask trusted people for an honest answer. Get, gather a collective response, not just one or two. And that's why there's safety in a multitude of counselors. That's why the Bible uses the word multitude. And, and you know, the, you, you've got to consider others' perspectives. And the Bible says in Proverbs 20, 18, every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice, make war. You've got to come to a conclusion about it. But before you come to a conclusion about it, then, then enlist, a, a, enlist a multitude of counselors about you. And that's why, can I just say to our young people today, that's why there, there needs to be an association with those who are older, who have more experience. And, and listen, don't dare just take your, your peers' advice on it. Your peers are going through the same thing as you. And it's good to talk through that, but, but when it comes to counsel, can I just say to you, it's good to go to someone who's just a little older, a little down the road a bit more, and, and enlist them and, and, you know, and help them see something about yourself. Here's what I remember, and again, this, we're guilty of this regardless of our age, but really, here's what I, I truly remember when I was younger, and I'm not picking on you guys, all right, is when I was younger, I was very blind to myself. I was just very blind to myself. There was things that I did that just weren't very good. And I'm thankful that there were some older men who had, the, again, who just was, were, were looking out for me and they said some hard things to me and I went away. And I asked others, I asked my parents, I asked some other trusted men in my life and I said, you know, so-and-so said this and I'm just not sure, what do you think? And you know, many times to my shock when I was a youth, they said, yeah, you know, you're a bit like that. How do you like that? You know, I thought you were my friend. No, they were more than that. They were good counselors. And so consider it through others' perspectives. Okay, but then lastly, complete your consideration. And again, that last bit of that verse in Proverbs chapter 20, and with good advice, make war. You've got you've to conclude with something. So here's what I'm saying. Don't dwell on it forever. Don't dwell on it forever. You've got to come to a conclusion about it. Don't dwell on yesterday. You know, that's what we do. We're good at that. We hold on to yesterday's stuff when we have today to live for. And we still have tomorrow to do. And so don't dwell on yesterday. Don't dwell on what people were but what they are becoming. Remember this. Just as much as you're incomplete, 
that person who was harsh and critical and maybe even right, they may have not done it in the right spirit, but they're on a journey too. And here's what we do. We, we like to think of ourselves like the, you know, the martyr. We, we come up with a martyr complex like, oh, how dare they? They really hurt me. And we keep, keep dwelling on yesterday. We keep going, oh, and you know what? It's weighing you down. Just come to a consideration and move on. <laughs> There's so much more that God would have you to do. And part of it, God allowed some criticism along the way. And maybe they were even right. But you won't get there if you don't consider. You won't get there, you won't get the learning that God may have offered you up, even in that hard moment, if we just bat it away and think nothing of it. And so if we're going to handle criticism, and, and again, we're, we're looking at well-intentioned and sometimes they can become problem people. But maybe God allowed that to help you just, just consider some things. Maybe consider a perspective you didn't have. Maybe consider a perspective about you that you could not have had unless those words were said to you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for, for the, the wisdom in your word. And Father, we know that none of us here like really to deal with any kind of criticism and and yet, Lord, we know that it's such a, such a part of life. Really, we can't avoid it. Um, so help us, dear God, to, to those, in those times we respond the way you would have us to respond. And Lord, even in those times, just to, to take it and, and understand that uh, it, it is of you. It's for our betterment. It's good for us to have been afflicted. And, and Father, I know that, that even saying it, really, it's just so much easier said than done. But help us, Lord, to, to, in those hot water situations, show the flavor of Christ in our hearts and lives. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we learn these things in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.